What is up, you guys? Welcome to This Is Life Turned Up, episode 14. I'm excited because I have my friend Allison Mountford, sorry, Mountford, and I'm super excited because she's doing some cool shit, you guys. Like, I met her through a group we're in, a Facebook group, and we talked, I don't know, a month ago, a few weeks ago. Her business is super cool. So I had to obviously have her on the show because you guys need to hear what she's doing. And I'm so excited to have you on here, Allison. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing and why you're doing it and give us the quick and dirty rundown. Sure. Um, I'm a chef. Um, Ends and Stems is the name of my business, and it is meal planning to reduce household food waste. So I was, um, you know, I started it because I've I've been a chef. I've been cooking for people, and I've had a catering company, a cafe, and all of that. But the number one thing people still ask me is, what should I cook? Just choose the recipes. Tell me what to cook. Text me something. So I decided uh, to turn that into a business, and right around the same time, I was starting to learn about the environmental impacts of food waste and just the insane scale of how much food we waste. And it's not sustainable for the future, for the the global population of 2030 and beyond. So I kind of put all those pieces together. So it's a meal planning platform. The premise is I write three recipes each week that fit together like a puzzle. You make your decisions, you make changes if you need it. And then one click generates your grocery list. So you can control the ingredients, shop at your favorite stores, but the mental labor is done for you. So you can just start at the point of shopping and cooking. Now, is it a membership style? Yeah, it's a subscription. So it's about, it's either nine or $12 a month, depending on how many months you buy in advance. Yep. That's nothing. $9 a month to have somebody do it for, like, just tell me what to do because, you know, we talked about this last time we were on the phone. It is so interesting because I love cooking. I'm not a chef by any means. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing in the kitchen. Whereas people like you or my husband could go in and just go in the the pantry and the refrigerator, just throw stuff together that tastes so good. Me, I'm not that person. I need to actually know exactly what I'm doing or right. else the kids are getting mac and cheese. And I hate being that mom, but I want the plan. I want to know just, I'm at the store. What do I need? Done. And most people, I did a big survey before I started the business. I had almost a thousand people take this survey. I think that was because I titled it, What Do You Hate About Dinner? <laughs> and everybody, <laughs> they couldn't resist. I should have just named my business that. And uh, <laughs> they couldn't stay away. And um, it was, I forget the actual number, but it was like in the 80% people who felt like they really needed to follow the recipe and stick to it. And, you know, if you're not... If you're not really enjoying cooking or you don't feel like you have a strong enough foundation to understand what will happen if you make changes to a recipe, you're not going to enjoy that because after work, when your kids are hungry, after a busy day, you're not just trying to be creative and experiment anymore. You just, it's a function. You need to get it done. You want to get in and you want to get out. So And I also write my recipes to speak to those people too. So if you know how to cook, you can certainly follow my recipes. But I'm somebody who, if you tell me not to do something or to do something, I want to know why before I follow the instructions. (laughs) So my pet peeve with recipes is it will say like, put the chicken in the pan and don't touch it. Well, why? Now all I want to do is poke it around. Why can't I touch it? And what I've learned from culinary school and just 15 years of cooking is the science behind it and the why. And I understand that if you try to touch it before it's been in there to develop a crust, it'll stick to the pan and you'll end up shredding the meat apart and the juices will come out and it'll have a weird texture and Uh. nobody wants that. 
So if you tell me not to touch it and that's why, then I'm going to follow the instructions properly because that didn't sound like a good outcome. So I try to incorporate those things into the recipe so that hopefully, you know, if you follow along for a little while, you also gain some confidence in the kitchen and confidence makes everything more fun. So. Oh my God. I love that. And I love the piece that I love so much because, you know, there are people who are doing this and I have not, I'm one who've not ever subscribed to any of this stuff. I'll go on randomly online and find all these, spend an hour or two finding recipes, which obviously is a waste of my time. I can spend $9 on your business. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is the waste piece. Yes. That's what makes you so different and makes it so fascinating for me because I, you know, we all waste so much food. And when I, you know, it's this whole thing when we were kids, right? I'm sure you were like, yep. we had the clean plate award. Definitely. Yep. And it's like, well, what about all those starving kids in Ethiopia? That was what happened at our table. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. Yeah. We would waste it. So there's that. And then there's the other piece of it. Like when you're actually cooking, you just throw shit away. Both. Yep. And the real sad truth is that the starving kids are on your block. I mean, they're in your town. Exactly they're in right. your neighborhood. Yes. Um, they're everywhere. There are 44 million Americans and something like 16 million of them are children who don't have enough to eat on a daily basis. And they have the food insecurity where they don't know where their next meal will come from. And how are you supposed to learn algebra when you, know, you don't know if you're going to get lunch or dinner when you go home at night? So you don't have to go very far at all to find people who don't have enough. And then those of us who see a cucumber that's been in there for a while and you're like, eh, you know, it's only $2.49 to buy a new cucumber. I have questions yeah. about this one. I'm just going to throw this out and buy a new one. And you don't think that if everybody in your town were to throw out a half a cucumber, you know, it would be literally a mountain of them that were just wasted. And then you keep scaling back. What did it take to make that cucumber? Well, it's wrapped in plastic. It took a ton of water. It took manpower to plant the seeds, grow the seeds, harvest the seeds, get them into a facility where then they could be sheathed in plastic. It took a truck to get them to your store, people to stock them on the shelves. There's so much that goes into everything you see in your grocery store that it really isn't just, oh, half a cucumber and a dollar's worth. Um, we aren't seeing really the big picture and the true cost of it. And that's the scary part. But the reason I love this is because of just the empowering part of it. So of all the problems you see in the world, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of us see a lot and you want to help them. What can you do? Um, you know, what can I do to preserve abortion rights? It's a little overwhelming, but you know what you can do to stop food waste? You can <laughs> eat the cucumber that's in your fridge. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is such a low bar. It's so easy. So yeah. it is my favorite spot to kind of get people motivated to get started. And it's a beginning point. And I feel, and I've seen this with my community and the people that are following along, when you take these baby step steps to get started, you start changing your family culture and how you feel about it. And it, um, it grows from there. You just got to find a toehold and dig in. So I propose you start with your fridge eat something in there that you wouldn't normally eat or go to your fruit bowl and have that banana or that apple that, you know, doesn't look so hot. And you're starting, you're doing something for climate justice. And from there, you can just grow. Yeah. Well, I think when you're you're talking about that, what keep, kept popping up in my mind is obviously all the food I'm fucking wasting. Sorry, I'm cussing in this podcast, but the food I'm wasting and the piece that you bring in also is the planning because that is the reason why I waste food. I'm not yes. intentionally wasting food, but I am not planning. So I'm just buying stuff at the grocery store thinking I'm going to make it. Yep. And then I get busy or I whatever it is. We all have 
so many excuses. And then I don't make the thing. And then when I go to the grocery store again, I always am like looking through my fridge. What can I throw away? What can I throw away? But it's the planning piece that if I had that, then I wouldn't waste the food. Exactly. So, if you plan, you buy less and then you buy less. You know, can, it's easier to follow through. And, you know, people there, I just read a stat the other day. I was filling out an application and, and I, I was needing some stats and it said there were more recipes online than atoms in the universe. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Which is crazy, right? So um, then I'm sitting here adding like six more recipes online. But. <laughs> But I think the value is not that I'm adding recipes, but it's that I'm helping you cut through the noise and help you make a decision. So we yeah. don't need more options. We need decisions and we need trusted guidance. And the users who have been you know, on ends and stems and cooking these recipes, what they find they're really paying for is you know, what clients have paid me for for 15 years. And they pay me thousands and thousands of dollars to decide what they're having and cook it for them. But I can do that first half of that for you for like, pennies basically yeah, yeah. um by following ends and stems. So I, I think that's why people stick to it uh, more even so than the recipes. Yes, I love it. Okay. Now I want to actually talk about like the business itself and your journey in your business. I talked to in this podcast and in my my business, I talk to women business owners and we, <clears throat> you know, I do the marketing, I do the coaching, a lot of business coaching, but what I always find to be so fascinating, and I talk about this a lot because it's so crazy, is the mindset piece of a woman woman in business. So I, you know, I could give my clients a roadmap, a marketing roadmap. Mm -hmm. You do this today at two o'clock. I mean, that's obviously detailed, but do this today at two o'clock, tomorrow at nine o'clock, do this tomorrow at two o'clock, you know, I give them a whole roadmap of this is exactly what you need to do if you want to scale and grow your business. So I do this, I give marketing plans, whatever. And then I would say 70% of women don't do the thing. <laughs> and so when I'm like, okay, you know, we I follow up with them the next week. So how'd that go? Well, I didn't do this. Okay. Well, why? So we go into, you know, the, the why, and it's always the same. Again, I talk about this a lot because I think I'm so passionate about this piece. It's always the same. It's fear, imposter syndrome, rolled into one. It's yeah. this like, holy shit, I don't deserve a seat at this table. Why am I even doing this? Holy shit, I don't want people looking at me in this way. I don't want to be visible. Holy shit, I don't want to actually put my title, my website on my Facebook profile because somebody's going to find it. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. All of this stuff. Right. That, and of course, this is what keeps me in business is... <laughs> helping women kind of go through that. But I want to hear like from your perspective and your experience, if you have any experience mm -hmm. in this, like what goes on in your head when you you're faced with a fear or like, I don't deserve a seat at this table. Like what goes on in your head and how do you move past that? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't feel that. I'm, no, I'm kidding. Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> of course I do. I've been, um, I've been actually been thinking about this a lot recently because I started my first business when I was barely 23 years old. I was like a hot second out of college and people used to tell me all the time how brave I was back then. And I did not understand what they were talking about because I was 23. I had nothing to lose. I just graduated college. Everything was easy. I only had to like barely support myself. And it just didn't 
I didn't relate when they said I was really brave. It was such a weird thing. And then as that business got bigger and I got older and, you know, I rented a bigger apartment and I rented a nicer or at least a nicer car. And suddenly the expenses started piling up and then I had more clients. So more people who were expecting me. And then I had employees and suddenly I started to understand why they thought I was brave, but I, (laughs) I didn't feel it at first. And then I decided to sell that business and, um, Not as many people told me I was brave for that, but I would like to say that anyone going through that process is very brave because that decision was really, um, that one threw me for a loop. I, you know, I didn't know if I was doing the right things and, uh, it was really hard to decide to sell my business. The first one, I worked on it for like 10 years and after that, I, you know, I was burnt out. I pushed it as far as I could and it got to the point where it was a cafe and meal delivering company, but, and that's what I was passionate about, but I was getting more of my money from catering and like big corporate catering events. Uh So it got to the point where I was in a retail location and trying to sell like big corporate catering events out of it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have enough money to move to the facility that I needed to make more revenue where it was coming from. And the problem just needed to be solved. And if I, as I thought about it, I was burnt out and totally over the business and I just didn't yeah. want to solve the problem. I just yeah. I looked at it and I was like, I don't want to. And I had an opportunity to sell and get out that way. So I did. That's a huge thing. And I think that comes down to self-awareness and yeah. really figuring out what you want. And I think that's a piece of women in business that is so interesting also to me is actually like stopping and going inwards a little bit to really deep dive into what you're feeling. And you know what allowed me to do it is my daughter was born and everybody, so many people, and to this day, people will say, especially men, they will say, oh yeah, you had to sell that business because you had a kid. You couldn't do both. (laughs) And I am like glad that this is recorded and out in the world because I never want my daughter to think that that's what happened. What happened was I had been working every day for like eight years. And that when she was born, it was the first time I actually just sat on my couch for a week and thought about it. So I wrote three new business plans for how this business could be saved and where we were going. And that's when I actually had some time to think about what I wanted to do in five years and what I was passionate about. Yep. Wow. It it's actually, tough having a baby. Yep. It was actually that space that she afforded me because she was finally the biggest thing that, you know, it forced me to figure out how to take some weeks off. And in that space, I realized that I no longer was in love with this business and didn't want to be running it in five years in any form. So it was- Allison, you just dropped like the biggest nugget here that I've like, I'm, yes, that is the thing that is so important is giving yourself that space. But- how do you think pe- women, people, business owners could do that when it's the constant grind, when they're constantly working? Like, how do you think? Yeah. So, I mean, I face that now. And, you know, to kind of close out my story, what I wanted to say is that in this second business um, that I love and am totally aligned with, and it's more than just feeding fancy food to rich people. And there's this, you know, a mission for the world. And I'm just so psyched about Ends and Stems. And it's been technically it launched this summer. So it's only been like three months, but I've been working on it for over a year. So to me, it feels older, but in terms of like actually being able to get sales, it's actually still very new. But now I have um, two kids and 
suddenly I all the time, I'm like, am I crazy or am I brave or what is happening? This is so hard now because I have so much more on the line. And one of the ways that I deal with that um, is always to just think about what the worst possible situation is. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's having to like leave San Francisco with my tail between my legs and go live in my dad's basement because I can't (laughs) afford to feed my family. (laughs) And then- but then sometimes I'm like, that actually sounds kind of cool. <laughs> like maybe. <laughs> right. Can he do my laundry? <laughs> I know. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that food. I'll give my dad a so shot list and maybe I'll, he can cook for all of us. Yeah, that, right. That's funny. Would that be so bad? I mean, maybe. <laughs> so that is sort of one of the ways, you know, I kind of um, – I'm a big Hamilton fan and there's a line where they say moments where you're in so deep, it's easier just to swim down. So I think, okay, let's just swim down. What is the worst thing here? If I'm spiraling, let's just go to the bottom and see how bad it can be. And then as I kind of plot that out and I actually force myself to write it down and I think, you know, these are all things that are fine. And, you know, my family's healthy. We're going to be okay. My kids are resilient. It's really not that bad. So the fear is you know, yeah, sure. It's, it's putting yourself out there. When I post something on Facebook and get like one or two likes, you sit there and you think, do people think I'm an idiot? Like, do, are they making fun of me? Do they think, are they tired of hearing me post? Mm. And you know, no, it's Facebook's algorithm is not showing me to people. Like when I meet people, they tell me they like what I'm doing. Nobody has ever come up to me and been like, you have some balls. What are you doing? We're tired of you. Nobody says that. Nobody's thinking that. No, no, it's really funny. And yes, it's running into people at the grocery store or pick up when you pick up the kids. And they're always like, wow, like you're doing such amazing stuff. I'm like, well, if you think that, can you like hit a like button or comment on my post or like something? But to your point, like people are resonating and... And it doesn't, t- it takes just a few. It doesn't have to be everybody, right? Like I have, a, I have a friend who's an artist and I'm usually the first one to hit like on every single one of her posts, even if it's the same photo and I just saw it on a different platform, I right. still hit like. And she said to me one time, she's like, you're always liking my stuff. She, and I'm like, yeah, because if people aren't liking mine, like if I know that my friends or my family saw it and they didn't hit like, yes. what are you doing? Do you not know how hard I'm working? Why well, would you not hit like on this? Right. That's another um, way of supporting each other and supporting your friends, supporting your family, supporting people, women who are doing things that are scary, that are like, holy shit, I might end up in my father's basement with my two kids because I'm putting myself out there in a way that is scary and it's different. And a lot of people don't understand the entrepreneurial journey. At all. And it really is. And this is actually, I I almost feel like a hypocrite now saying this out loud because this is what I need to be telling myself every day. And this is what we talked about when you and I first spoke. But it takes time and persistence and just sticking it out and just doing it. So, you know, it's so true what they say. Nobody's an overnight success. Truly, they're, you know, years of struggle and work and, and effort behind it. And, you know, I definitely have days all the time where I'm like, oh my God, nobody signed up today or yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Where is everybody? And then suddenly like a flurry will happen and seven people sign up in two hours. And, you know, the numbers are still small enough that I see everybody come in and I'm just like, what is happening? Why, you know, why am I not reaching more? Why is, why can't everybody see 
you know, what I'm doing and why this is valuable and why they should pay attention to their food waste. And it just takes time and, and chipping away at it. And, and it starts slow. And I think, you know, the only answer is that you just have to be strong and persistent and you find people who support you um, both personally and professionally. And, um, you know, these little pockets and little groups that you can kind of leapfrog to keep going. And then eventually, and I don't know when, right, but eventually there is enough that um, it it counts or something. I don't know. I I think you also have to set your own goals to – um, I'm really bad at this. Um, and this is, if anybody who knows me listens to this, they're going to be like, wow, you're a hypocrite because <laughs> I struggle with this so much, but you have to set goals and then celebrate them when you reach them. So my goal was to get a hundred customers. And then as soon as I had 99, I was like, why don't I have 500 customers? <laughs> oh, and God, I forgot I to yeah. celebrate. I forgot to celebrate that pre-launch me yeah. thought getting a hundred would be important. And you're, I'm just always kicking that stone forward. And if you're never celebrating you're always going to feel down on yourself. Right. And being grateful in the midst of the celebration and being grateful for everything. You know, I do, I have to do a lot of gratitude work for myself and it's really shifted how I show up in the world. But what I wanted to do is talk really quickly. I mean, we could talk for hours of this, but about mission-based, because I think you and your, you have a very strong mission. You have a very strong why. And I think when we as business women get into that, the weeds and we get down on ourselves and we get, you know, all of the, the negative thought patterns that play in our head, when we could kind of reconnect with the why and the mm-hmm. mission, that is the thing that it, when most, when companies don't have that, yep. they flounder. I think they, they are always kind of grasping for air and they don't have that, that structure. And I think that what you were talking about is having that mission and that why is, what propels you forward? It what it goes into every piece of your content, every piece of everything that you do yep. is based in that, and that is the passion, and that is what people kind of cling Definitely. onto and want to be part of, right? And I I just want to give you a like a huge clap and all of this like applause because it's I don't see that a lot, and I don't see a lot of people who are mission based and passionate about the world and, you know, most people to sell products, but you're selling something different. I think that's what I lost. It was the why in my first business. And then once I realized it had been gone for a little while, um, that's what led to my burnout. Cause I would wake up and think, why am I doing this? Why am I killing myself for this? Um, I, I don't know. And when I can't just kept coming up empty, that was what helped me to decide to get rid of that. So I, I, it was important to me before I started another business, because um, I didn't think I was going to start another business. I actually got a job in between and I thought that was it. That was my one thing. It's done. But then I realized that the other business really needed to have this big why that mattered. Um, and it is, you know, if it, it if I think, should I post this or should I do this event or should I, you know, work with this company and do a partnership? And it all kind of comes back and is answered by that why. If it doesn't support that, um, then it's easier to say no to it because I've kind of mm-hmm. laid that groundwork. So it does really center me. And, you know, I, I joke all the time, but I'm serious that, you know, my four and a half year old will sit at dinner and say, we need to be nice to the earth and not waste food. I think, oh. okay, well, she's, she's not paying the bills or anything. <laughs> but, oh, but that's awesome. But she's, she's got it. And it's just such a reminder all the time that that why is clear and, um, 
in a lot of ways it does make it uh, I got some advice at the beginning that I would never raise money for a business to reduce food waste and that it would limit the number of people that were um, interested in the business. And I've actually found it to be the other way that people see my passion and um, and want to be involved with it or really understand because that why is so clear and that there's yes. a bigger mission yes. involved in it. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. I want to, first of all, I want to thank you for being on this show. It's been, this is one of my favorite episodes. Um, but I do want to ask you one more question before we go. Since you are a foodie, I want to know what your go-to order at your favorite restaurant is. Yeah, well, I have two little kids, so they actually get to choose nowadays if we, and also we don't go out to eat that much. So we do a lot of Thai food and burritos. But <laughs> yeah. I think it's... It's pad you and some imperial spring rolls and um, green curry with tofu and vegetables over rice. Oh, that is like, yeah, that is like the package uh, deal. Everybody, if we just need a win and everybody happy and jumping up down because it's dinner time, that's the order and everybody eats it and it's amazing. Nice. All right. Well, thank you so much. And you guys listening, all of Allison's links will be in the show notes so you could check her out. And check out Ends and Stems. It's super cool. And again, thank you so much for being on. This was awesome. Thank you, you for guys, having me. Yeah, and you guys, we will see you on episode 15. Bye, guys. Bye.